Welcome to Meet the Cast at the Apple Store, Regent Street in London. Would you please welcome our guest moderator, Claire Bueno. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I imagine that you're as excited as I am to meet the cast of BBC's Musketeers this evening and have a chat about the show. There will be an opportunity a little later on as well to put your own questions to the cast. So put your thinking caps on. Um, just to, for your own information as well, the first series of The Musketeers is available for download from the iTunes store. And the next series, series two of The Musketeers, is available on Blu-ray and DVD from the 30th of March. So, let's roll VT. With the Cardinal gone, I thought our world would be safer. Now I'm not so sure. Rochefort is a French citizen and a patriot. Your son, sire. Can never be yours, Armas. You can't kill me. Don't mess us about. I want the king dead. There will be chaos. Get down! Milady the Winter. See, you've gone up in the world. The Musketeers returns Friday the 2nd of January at 9 on BBC One. We can't wait, can we? We can't also wait to meet the, the cast of The Musketeers. Please welcome on stage with a big round of applause, first of all, to Luke Pascalino. Mamie McCoy. Howard Charles. And Santiago Cabrera. Good evening. Are you playing footsie already? Yeah, are we? We can carry it all, all, all night if you want. All night. I like your shoes. They're quite Thank you nice. Very much. Yeah, they're very funky, nice. aren't they? You all right there, Santiago? I'm all right. Thank you. Hello, are we, everyone. <laughs> are, we, are we all looking forward to this evening? Yeah, yeah. Are you guys looking forward to this evening? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's start. What's up, people? Really about. Uh, <laughs> let's start with the story. I mean, obviously, for you all as, as actors, it is all about the story. So, when you first read the script, can I speak to you all in turn? What was it that you really loved about it? If I can start with you, Luke. Um, I mean, I'd always, I'd always loved the story of the Musketeers anyway. Um, and, you know, I was, a very, I was a big fan of the cartoon Dog Tanyon and the Musket Hounds when I was a kid. So kind of, a, yeah, there you go. So I was a big fan of that. Um, and then kind of just to, just, to, just to know that we were kind of telling such an amazing story over the, over the course of 10 episodes, like 10 hour, 10 hour long episodes was a big, big draw for me. Because obviously, you know, kind of previous interpretations have only been maybe an hour and a half, two hours long over the course of a film. So that was a big, big draw for me, which I really enjoyed. And as well as the, the script just being fun and exciting, you know. Mamie? Um, yeah, I thought the, there was loads of pace and wit to it, and it, it sparkled, that first one. I thought it really uh, jumped off the page. And, um, and I kind of felt like, uh, particularly with the women, there was a different angle there. I thought we were seeing them in a, in a new light, which is always exciting, and, um, and I think that's carried on through. Howard? I think it had great potential. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the first thing. Um, you can see that it, it wasn't quite the finished article, and usually never is, but th that's a good thing, because you can then move forward and, and collaborate to make it the best it can be, which I think for the most part we, we did and have done, and certainly strive to always, uh, you know, endeavor, yeah. you know, and yeah, so I, I think that's the kind of key element for me, I, I would say, yeah, potential. 
Yeah, I thought that it had great pace to it, and I read it really quickly, and that's always a good sign. I think when you read a script and you get through it very quickly, it means you, you were involved. So it was, uh, yeah, it was entertaining, and I just loved, loved the world and the characters. I mean, it's, it's based in history, um, so, and obviously it's a serial drama, so there's got to be something left to artistic interpretation, but do you know how much um, time has been taken to actually sort of factually get it correct historically? Yeah, I know they've, they've got a historian that they work with and uh, he's sort of, he's the go-to guy when they're in doubt about something. Uh, and then the source material, I think, just gives you, gives you um, a lot. But they were definitely accurate in, in certain things, you know, like if you're in a garden and there's tomatoes, you kind of go, did they have tomatoes back in those days? <laughs> uh, so there's a, lot, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, so you've got to make sure you don't, you know, make mistakes. And how, you know, you're working on, is it a ten-part drama, so how far in advance do you all get your scripts to actually work on? Oh, there's a question. <laughs> um, well, not always as, often, as as early as we'd like them a lot of the time, because, um, you know, there's, um, obviously when, we read, when we, we're shooting, we've always got our own input and interpretations and ideas, so we're constantly backwards and forwards with the writing team and the producers trying to get things, you know, if there's things that we'd like to change or, or whatever, you know, so it's a collaboration in that sense. Um, but, you know, Sometimes it could be anything up to four or five days. Sometimes it could be a week, sometimes a fortnight. We tend to get the earlier episodes slightly, slightly sooner than we do the later ones purely because they're, the, guide, the guide for the later episodes is there, but the, the finished product isn't yet. So. And obviously the, the Musketeers are a, a very strong team and there's a close-knit. What, what characteristics do each of the characters bring to, to make that team complete and, and as successful as they are, if I can start with Howard? What is it about Porthos? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Apart from what his you charm. see is what you get. Um, no, no, no. But uh, Porthos is 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 a very uh, fundamentally is a, a warrior, uh, full of integrity, um, and uh, and yeah, playing the character, you know, really humbles me, and I've learned a lot about myself playing the character. But uh, but if I had to give it a word, <laughs> the thing that Porthos brings, it would indeed, of course, be fire. <laughs> yeah. Santiago. Um, I think, I think um, you know, when we all met at boot camp, it was a very good sign that they, um, that they picked each one individually very well because we, we were, you believe that we were all friends and that we've known each other for a long time, but then we were all, all very distinct from each other, very different. I think a lot of that comes for nothing just as, as people, so that's very important because you've got to be distinguishable within a group. So uh, I, I kind of think there's just, uh, there's, um, you know, just sitting here, I'm sure people can tell the difference. So I think it's for <laughs> the audience to say. Especially with me, right? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Luke. Your chair legs are going like that. Um, I think, uh, I mean, for me personally, you know, uh, D'Artagnan kind of started out in the show as a. Uh, as not as a musketeer, so he kind of had to kind of work his way up the ranks into, to become part of the regiment. Um, so he kind of brings like a, a kind of a naivety and a vulnerability that the, the boys haven't, but the, the boys have kind of surpassed now. Um, and he's kind of like the young, he's kind of like the young buck, you know. So he kind of still, he's still got a lot to learn, and he brings this kind of, he's very kind of a little bit like Porthos, really. He's kind of got like this appetite for justice, this kind of like fire burning inside him for justice. And can I get to my lady? Oh, what a great part that they, this must be for a woman. I mean, she's, she's a real piece of work, and, and I kind of... <laughs> and great, I would have thought, to, to play. I mean, she reminds me very much of kind of Lady Macbeth. 
And and for me, watching the old film, um, The Wicked Lady, it's Margaret Lockwood and James Mason, this woman who's got no no integrity really, and she's just out for what she can get. I mean, what? Well, that's interesting because I think she has a lot of integrity. But ah. um, we, when I, um, in terms of influence, Adrian Hodges pointed me in the direction of a um, La Femme Nikita, the Luke Besson film. Because that, um, so it's interesting to see a, a character quite like Milady in a more modern capacity. She, in the film, she um, is a feral teenage junkie who gets imprisoned for murder and then is trained to be this highly skilled assassin. So there was a lot of similarity in the background and in the polish that was put onto her. And to kind of uh, perform as such in a much more like emotionless way, um, and to get all of that complexity in there as well. So that was a good kind of start point. Um, but she's um, she's very different in this second series. What the journey she goes on, I think it will be. I think it will be quite a surprise to the audience because there's so many layers to her. You know, she's constantly has been running away from her past and it's come to a point where it's all kind of catching up with her. So she's having to face a lot of that. It's interesting that you talk about being on a journey as well. Is it interesting for you guys because you've got a luxury with TV of, of, of time where you don't have with a play or, or with a film where you can really get into the, the bones of the character and, and really form a, a bond with it. Is that something that's also attracted you to playing the, the parts? Oh, hugely, hugely. I mean, that, that, that's probably the one thing that, that that's the biggest attraction, actually. Um, as lo you know, alongside, you know, working with these great guys, of course. But, um, but it's, it's really important, you know, the nature of the hero has changed. And um, we need to, you know, as a populace, identify with what it is to be the hero and it's not just about wearing capes and you know having like kind of like lasers coming out of your eyes and things like that you know um we need to identify with who these people are what makes them tick um in order to learn something about ourselves um and in, or in order to be inspired by that in order to then go forth in your own life and, and and make good you know um and it's hard to do that when you're watching superman rather than porthos no no <laughs> Luke, was that something that attracted you as well? I can't really elaborate any more than uh, than what Howard said. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's explained all there, but obviously, I'd say D'Artagnan, not Porthos. Ah? Ah? I'd say D'Artagnan every time, mate. Love you. Love you too, mate. Love you too. <laughs> and I think there's a plenty of love out there as well. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> um, it's interesting as well, Luke, what you touched upon earlier on, that you have actually been able to um, contribute to the, the, the trajectory of your characters. Um, that, is that quite unique for, for TV? Um, I mean, it kind of depends on it. The kind of you know, it depends on the show really. The thing about TV is you don't you know the, it, where it differs to kind of maybe working in theatre or on a movie. You don't get very much time to shoot. You know, we we shoot uh, two fifty-five minute episodes in five weeks um, and you know kind of so much gets cut anyway so you're you're filming 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 all day very long days and then kind of you know a good maybe 20 percent of what we shoot doesn't even make it into the into the into the final edit so it's kind of there's, there's a lot of work doing all the time so you have to be very selective about what you choose to bring up and what you choose to kind of make a point about and what you choose to kind of 
ask to be changed in a way, you know. So it's kind of you have to kind of choose your moments and choose your and kind of pick your battles wisely. But um, you know, it's a do like, you? To, yeah, <laughs> to, I do. <laughs> um, so it's uh, so yeah. So it kind of it, it, it is absolutely a collaboration. But you kind of you know, obviously with everybody, everybody's got a lot of work to do. So you kind of just try and pick and choose your moments really. Are we ready to see a bit more of the Musketeers? Yeah. Okay, let's roll VT. That's where Santiago strips. <laughs> And we've no idea who this man is. The captain doesn't know his identity. All I know is we're to meet him in the village inn at noon. He'll make himself known. Why the mystery? The king's council has been in chaos since the cardinal died. No one knows who's in charge. Oh, well, at least we're not in Paris pretending to grieve for him. <laughs> they say he wore out his heart in the service of France. It's a pleasant surprise to hear he had one at all. <laughs> God, have mercy on his soul. He's dead. We can afford to be generous. this man what has he done none of your damn business we're king's musketeers so answer the question politely he shot our innkeeper in cold blood a good man is dead and there were a dozen witnesses there will be no lynching today now if there's a case against him you can take it to the magistrate take off his hood and untie him Musketeers. Just when I thought my day couldn't get any worse. If I can just sort of briefly go back to the, the first series, I think one of the things I liked in particular was this backstory that had been threaded through about each character. Um, for me, it was a great opportunity for the audiences to, you know, see the humanity in the person actually and get to know them better. Is that something um, that you also found within the within the script? Could fucking start with Ma uh, Mamie. Uh, yeah, it's vital. I think um, when you've got you know, sweeping adventures and battles and romance and stuff going on. You have to underpin it with something which is real and which is human. And I think, um, particularly going into the second series, that's what's developing even more. All those seeds that have been kind of planted there in the first one, we've uh, really kind of brought them to life. And, and that's where you start to really get to know the person. For good and bad, you know, you, know, you kind of dig up things really nasty, horrible, dirty things about yourself as well. You know, all the characters do. Um, and I think that kind of creates this world underneath 
all of the swash, swashbuckle and stuff. You know, swashbuckle, swashbuckle. It's not that easy yeah. to say, is it's it? It's really hard. I don't think I've actually <laughs> said it out loud before. Yeah. Swashbuckle. Rubbish work. Santiago, was that something that you, that you um, connected to as well? Was was this backstory? Yeah, that was uh, the way the characters were introduced in the first episode of first season, the pilot episode. Was um, I love that because the Musketeers—they're a group. But you meet D'Artagnan, you see his impulsive nature. He's lost his father. Then you meet Athos with a hangover and. He picks up uh, Porthos, who's gambling and cheating, and uh, and then they go to Aramis, who's in bed with the Cardinal's mistress. So it's sort of, sort of you see the flawed nature of these. They're the heroes, but in a way you see each of their flaws. And, and I just loved how each one was picked out individually. So you got to know them, and then the story can really get going because you immediately get a sense of, of them individually. It's vital for, uh, for the series. And I think the great thing about now the second is that that serialized aspect is pushed even more so that you get to find out the more the more you stick with it the more you find out about them yeah. Yeah, exactly. and the, the other interesting thing that I thought it, particularly this day and age where we've got reality TV and there's this hunger for instant fame we see this sort of slow trajectory for D'Artagnan and him having to really earn his stripes and I wonder whether that's also a very a positive message to, to send out to, to audiences that you know it's not a bad thing to work hard for what you get no, absolutely not and you know a lot of the time it takes you know especially like in D'Artagnan's story as well it, he um, I can't remember if it actually made it into the cup, but there was a line there um, where Treville offers him uh, a place as, as you know, he's saying, you know, you could come and be uh, a musketeer within the regiment, but you're going to have to work hard for it. You know, how do you feel? And he says, that's what my father always wanted for me. And I, don't, and I think D'Artagnan didn't, you know, I don't think the, he'd really given too much thought about whether he was going even going to consider being a musketeer until his father passed away. It was almost like his destiny to kind of, fulfill his father's dream for him you know and i don't think and now he's actually a musketeer i don't think he'd look back in any way because he's found a family in people that he was once looking to kill you know it's kind of like it's kind of like the irony of it you know but it's um you know i think i think you know now he's now he's well involved he's kind of you know and he's lost his father his family is uh, are these guys you know yeah, so. yeah, exactly and um what's it like working with the weapons because you're, you're working with all different types i mean you're not just musketeers are you i mean you've got rapiers pistols Howard. and <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you must go through sort of intensive training for that. Uh, how yeah, can I ask? But, yeah, yes, we do. But uh, it, it's <clears throat> fighting, certainly on stage or, or, or on screen, is, is, is very much like learning a language. You know, and, and you start off, you know, learning the alphabet and, and then, you know, you go through the vowels and the consonants and then you start saying phrases. And before long, you're putting sentences together and then you can start having a conversation. And so that's kind of the, the pattern that we kind of go through in order to, you know, <laughs> do what we do. Um, but yeah, so, 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 so it's, uh, it's a very rewarding um, experience because we've, in my humble opinion, I'm sure I speak for everyone, we have probably the best stunt team in Europe, if not the world, working with us. And um, it helps that they are actually musketeers. <laughs> um, or, or as close as you can get in this day and age, and um, and so yeah. But it's uh, it's it's uh, uh, to kind of steal a phrase from Santiago. It's a uh, it's a dance, you know, and um, and you kind of you learn to move together, and, and you learn what you're good at and what you need to work on, and um, you know, and, and there's a few tricks along the way as well, you know. So yeah, yeah. 
And Mamie, can I ask about the female characters? So, because they are really well written, aren't they? They've all got strength and, and, and courageousness. And it must be very refreshing for you to be able to, to play parts like that. Um, well, I think it's tricky with this kind of genre and with period um, pieces when you look at female characters um, because of if we're going to really look at what the world was like then, women were completely, had no voice and were second-class citizens and were very much kind of quashed. They, yeah, I know Howard thinks it, it should still be like that. Um, he no, does, no, no, actually. No, 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 no. He does. <laughs> you can't hang me out like that. I wasn't really saying does. that at all. <laughs> so you have to... <laughs> Thank you. That was <laughs> the intended response. <laughs> Yeah, for a modern audience, you have to create um, women who have a spirit and have and are fallible. So you know, we're, as all the characters are, you know, you have to create that kind of complexity within them. But I think you, um, uh, um, Constance, the Queen, and Milady, they each occupy a different area of society, and that and they kind of represent things and they're, they're all kind of trapped within their own worlds as well and but there is a fight and there's a resourcefulness and a and uh humor and uh, a spirit to kind of break away from that and to and to almost kind of recreate some kind of roles i think it's vital in in this for a bit of balance as well. if i can add something to that too actually i think it's also a testament to uh, the ladies we have playing those parts in, in the show because as you'll see as you stick with season two um, all of their journeys become uh, like so much more um, <clears throat> involved and, and, and revealing and you can't kind of just give that to anyone because not everyone can do it um, and so that's why I say it's a testament to the guys uh, who are playing those parts because the, I think writers get inspired by the work that you know the players do the right actors, so yeah. exactly you know yeah. um someone hits ronaldo an amazing pass and the beauty of the pass means i have to control that in a certain way <laughs> and then score a great goal because the pass warrants that right as santiago did in soccer aid right yeah you know i'm saying Thank nicely you know. set up there. without the pass seadolf cannot score the hat trick so my point is without mamie you do not have yeah. Milady yeah. as you see her now. Yes, so, well done. Yeah. And I mean, even the antagonists as well, actually, you know, you've got, you've got the Cardinal and now you've got Rochefort. I mean, you've got two phenomenal actors there as well that are able to bring such complexity and d dimensions to... The, they're not just baddies, are they? You, you know, you're constantly kept on your toes with them, which I think is also power to, to the performers that are inhabiting yeah, definitely, them. Definitely, yeah. I think a lot, a lot of the uh, bad guys that we have in the show are, are worthy adversaries. And it's, it's much better than just, you know, the, uh, I don't know, some random baddie that you just go, oh, I'll, I'll stab him and then it's done. You know, there's a cost to, to taking a human life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time to, to put some questions out to the audience. I think we have some microphones. Yes, excellent. There's a lady just at the front in the red, please. Thank you. Hey guys, I absolutely love the show. Um, my question is, what's your most embarrassing moment on set or off set? None of your business. Did you say none of your business? No, 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 I played it, I played it. What was it? 
There's obviously the horse. That's season one, but yeah. That was very embarrassing, wasn't it, Luke? I'll let Howard, I'll let Howard tell that story. Go ahead, go on. Shall I cut the long story short? Yeah, let's do that. Um, <laughs> okay, so D'Artagnan here. Luke, sorry, D'Artagnan. <laughs> um, right, so. Uh, Howard never drops character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> so uh, I'm getting in it. It's because I'm watching. Yeah, anyway, right, so. Uh, Luke, as well as D'Artagnan, feels that the best way to stay onto a horse is to hold it by the neck. Um, use your imagination to uh, <laughs> envisage what happens next. Next, Luke. I was embarrassed for him. <laughs> it was kind of. Let me. You gotta explain the story, right? So basically, we were, we were. It was our boot camp season one, and we were. Um, and it was a little bit. It was a little bit wet outside, and we'd been told that it was. You know, it was. And there was a tree trunk that had just been a tree. Yeah, just stub that had been. Obviously, a tree had just recently been cut down. And there's obviously a, there's a very clear path of where the horses should go. Um, and I think it was. It was definitely my fault. I didn't kind of steer. <laughs> steer the horse properly and it looked like it was going straight into this tree trunk and I was like I don't want to go I don't want to come off this horse I was like very new to me I was still very nervous and the horse kind of like started to kind of like do this sort of business so it was kind of like buckling backwards and forwards and it kind of like threw me forwards and then it threw me back threw me forwards again threw me back and then the only way that I could hold on without falling flat on my face was to just grab onto this horse's neck like a tree trunk in a hurricane and just not let go for dear life um, and it kind of like, and Howard was right behind me at the time, so he got the best view of it, and he still <laughs> does not let me live it down to this day. So that was probably one of my, yeah. And I kind of, is, at the time, we didn't know each other very well either, so I was kind of like, <laughs> I don't want to make myself fall in front of these guys, you know? So it was, kind of like, it was one of those situations, but yeah. That was Anyways. great, mate. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. Next question. Hi. Um, so I was wondering, as an aspiring actor, um, what did each of you do to get to this point in your career and what advice do you have for someone trying to follow in your footsteps? Who would like to answer that one? I did everything <laughs> to get to this point, <laughs> apart from sleep. Do what the lady does. Certain <laughs> directors. It's fine. Everyone does it. Um, uh, you have to think about the big picture because it's... Um, you have to be in for the long game, I think, if you really want to do it, um, because it's not easy. It's taken me about 15 years to get here, so with a lot of graft, doing some really shit films, <laughs> spending most of my time as a waitress. And, um, but also, what's brilliant, I've kind of learned my craft as well in that time, doing things people probably or hopefully haven't seen. So I've made a lot of mistakes, which I think was a good thing. Um, you have to love it. You have to be very passionate about it and to, and to be quite real. But, you know, everybody has a completely different journey. You could ask all the, the guys how they've got here. You know, Luke started really young. You know, you didn't go to drama school. You know, how is, you know they're all drama school boys. And, you know, it's, um, it's a very individual journey. So there's no kind of... And it's easy to kind of read interviews with people when, you know, they get their lucky break at 21 and it all kind of, you know, blows up and goes crazy and stuff. But for the majority of actors or jobbing actors, it's not like that. So it's good to get a handle on actually what the profession is like. Um, and then when you get there, it's brilliant. And a lot of hard work. And you thank your lucky stars, you're there. So it's, you know, it's good. And 
I think I think it's also about faith. You know, you say you, you're an aspiring actor or actress, which, whichever way you'd like to say it. I'm not sure what's your preference, but um, but it, it is about faith. You know, faith, faith in yourself. I, I think fundamentally, because you know, make friends with rejection right now, make friends with doubt, um, but fundamentally keep spinning the plates. You know, because if you stop, then they will fall and smash, and uh, um, you don't get a kind of second set. You know what I mean? So uh, so yeah, just keep spinning the plates and. Um, and just have a bit more of a kind of, I don't know what works for me is a bit more of a kind of, excuse my French, but a, like a fuck you approach kind of thing, you know? Um, so yeah, if I say it, it can be done. Because the fact is, is that everyone in this room is capable of things that they cannot yet com comprehend. Um, we all are. Uh, and that's where the self-belief and the faith in yourself comes in. And that'll be the difference between some of you making it home tonight and some of you not. Um, you know, so yeah, you know. Luke, Santiago, do you want to add anything to that? I think kind of like, just to elaborate on what they've said really, you know, there is, there is no right or wrong way. You know, it's kind of like, like maybe said, I, you know, I didn't go to drama school, Howard went to drama school, yeah, Santiago did, um, you know, uh, Tom did, but they went to different drama schools. And you know, it's kind of everyone has their own journey and everyone would get a different break at a different time, if at all, you know, but um, like what Howard said, you know, you just, just keep spinning the plates and just keep going and never, you know, the one thing that it's taught me uh, being in this industry is my seventh year now. Um, as a professional actor, and it's told me that it's taught me that you know you are going to get a lot more knockbacks than you are successes, and it's a real test of resilience. And it's you know it's kind of that basically defines who you are as a person. You know, kind of being able. It's not you know who was it that said uh, was it Rocky? It's not how many times you can. It's not how many times you how many times you can hit. It's how many times you can get hit and keep moving forward. You know, um, and it's and that's basically what it is. You know, just carry on, crack on, just keep moving, and just kind of how I said, take that fuck you approach to anything that hits you and just smash it out of the way and just keep moving forward. You, you will get down, you will, it will cut you up at sometimes, you know, but it's just, just keep moving, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, I went, I went uh, nearly, I went two and a half years without getting a job and then I got my first job and it's been good ever since, you know, so it's just, just keep battling, keep battling, keep battling, push forward for sure. Time for two more questions. There's a lady, in the, is it pink? I'm not sure if it's pink or the lights. <laughs> I might burst into Lady in Red and you really don't want to do that. <laughs> Hello, Musketeers. Hello, Mamie. Hello. Hello. Um, I'd like to ask, can you name one thing that you'd like to see happen to your character in season three? Ooh. And Santiago, feel free to answer in Spanish. <laughs> Por favor. Bueno, me encantaría que ahora mis... No, um, I know that's a very good question, but that, but there's so much to explore. I think you've, I think that's when where the collaboration uh, comes in, which we were talking about earlier with the writers. I mean, I think we're, you know, we you take the characters to a certain place, and then so many new doors could open. There's so many new options. So um, I don't want to give anything away of what happens at the end of the second. So if I do sort of go into that, I, I, um, I might. But, um, but I think it's about. You know, just keeping the, the the team tight, which is which we are. I think you know, all good shows you need to be like a family and a, a tight unit where everyone's voice is heard, and we have had that, and uh, we're already starting to uh, talk to writers with uh, in the hopes that we will go back and uh, and just keep that relationship going, that collaboration going, and good things will come out of it. Um, mm. <laughs> no, 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 okay. <laughs> Look at chivalry. Rock, paper, scissors for answers first. <laughs> right. On three. No, so it's one, two, three, go. Right. All right. One, two, three. 
Right. Hey. So okay. what I was going to say originally was... Uh, <laughs> go, go, go for it, go for it. Speak. So, I mean, exactly kind of what Santiago said, really. But for me, I'd kind of like to see my character just do a complete 360, you know, and kind of just go somewhere that even he wouldn't have expected him to, himself to go, you know. Um, and just kind of, yeah, just kind of take a journey in, in the completely opposite direction, you know. Um, however, however the writers may want to interpret that, you know, or however, however you guys might want to interpret it. Just something completely, completely the opposite of, of who D'Artagnan is at the moment would be, would be good for me, yeah. Howard? Okay. I think I'd like to see... Uh, I'd really like to explore the part of Porthos that has a significant... Uh, a significant other um, and really fall in love with a, a woman, you know, the, the, but, but, but I'd like the relationship to be, to be challenging, you know, because not all relationships are, uh, you know, are kind of, um, you know, about rolling in the hay. Um, <laughs> well, they are in the garrison anyway. But, anyway. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I'd like to see there be a, a kind of um, a comment on, you know, how relationships are within the real world and, and kind of have one of those. So maybe there'd be a kid involved as well. Porthos be a daddy or something, I think. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, can you follow that one up, Mamie? <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm not going to say anything. It's his Malayan yeah, Porthos baby. baby. <gasps> that's, that's good. You're about the only one I haven't slept with yet. So. I don't think you can handle yeah. it, love. Uh, oh, maybe. <laughs> Bring it out. Bring it out, baby. Um, I mean, kind of as Santi said, I can't really... Um, I feel like if I say anything, it's going to give away something of, of where she goes in this second one. Um, because it's so far from how she started in the first one. Um, so I'm going to have to keep tight-lipped on that one, I think. Okay, fair Sorry. enough. And final question to the gentleman in the red jumper just there, please. Um, hello, I'm here for, instead of my sister who couldn't be here today. Uh, she's asked me to, to ask this question. Um, is it still difficult to run in high heels? Um, <laughs> or has uh, the new series presented other difficulties for you as actors? You said they're in high heels. So which one for of you is wearing high we heels? Need, uh, we need to clear this now. <laughs> I, we don't wear high heels. There are some Cuban heels. But, uh, and also, some of us are not elevated, by the way, okay? So anyway, um, but yeah, uh, no, 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 it's, it, 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 it's, it's challenging to run in, 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 you know, manure and mud and things like that. But uh, yeah, the, the, the heel isn't really a problem, right? I mean, it's not, it's not. I mean, I'm just so grateful blessed. that you were here to ask your sister's question. Because, <laughs> you know, what would we have done without that question? Uh, now, uh, it does get easier, but we, can, we do have some trainers sometimes for certain uh, very uh, difficult, difficult moments. Uh, but uh, it's always... Rock really climbing, like, things like that. Just Rock climbing, yeah. But uh, it's always difficult, but we're up for a challenge, aren't we? It never uh, gets easier. Are the costumes actually in general challenging? Well, they're very heavy. Yeah, It would have been like that in the time, but there, there was always... You've got to make sure that you can still be agile in them, so... I think at first I would say they were restricting, but then you just get used to them. But then they, they've also got a, you sort of feel, you feel strong in them as well. So I think they, they, they give you a lot for nothing as well. But yeah, there's definitely the weight, the weight issue, yeah. 
I trip over mine all the time. (laughs) I can't walk anywhere. There was the first scene we had when I come up the steps of the gun. A, the gun was really heavy and we hadn't accounted for me lifting my arm in my dress. So my arm went to there and I couldn't step up. I kept standing on my dress because everything's... I just have, like, billowing fabric all the time. Um... So practically, it's quite hard. And I wear heels, and it's a nightmare. You, <laughs> can't, get, you, can't, get, you can't finish your costume without a costume assistant coming to help you tie it all up and stuff, can you? No. no. Yeah. yeah. No, there you go. Um, yeah. They look quite futuristic. Neither can you, though. There's something v- kind of very traditional, but there's the, the, the cut of the, gu- the garments That's look very futuristic, which I rather like. Yeah, they um, because it's nothing strictly period. I mean, they've obviously like, kind of done, you know, a whole wealth of kind of... Um, kind of background on on actual period costumes and stuff but a lot of mine are quite kind of McQueen inspired and Westwood and so there's lots of high fashion I mean the mood boards that Phoebe our costume designer started with were I mean that was it's one of my favorite bits of the process anyway it's brilliant but she she had loads of Westwood which is all very incredibly sensual very feminine it's all about the waist it kind of lends itself to that period as well whilst also finding something uh, very practical for my ladies' costumes, and and because she's such a chameleon, they m- most of my costumes do a whole kind of variety of stuff. So I'll have a uh, a hood and then a cloak, and then it'll whip back so I can get on a horse, and I've got breeches, and you can yeah, they're kind of multifaceted. Yeah. You've got a, uh, like a holster too, right, for the gun. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. my holster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Please give a huge, huge, huge round of applause for our musketeers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.